Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mentally in the game. Hey everybody, sorry for the late start here. Uh, welcome to episode number 53 of the Who's Number One podcast. Standing in for Chase today, we got Reed Connell, Devil Town himself, wearing the Daisy Fresh shirt, the sick Daisy Fresh shirt. How you been, Reed? I haven't seen you in a minute. Yeah, I'm doing just like everybody else, just kind of holding up. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, just uh, working, working more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Making some videos, got some I'm cool d- movies coming out, cool grappling near future but uh said too much we gotta bring you back on to talk about that yeah calling in today from las vegas nevada nogi world champion two-time kasai champion hanato canudo how you doing man good i'm good as good as you, you can be right now uh-huh. how are you guys being all good, all good man. man uh what uh, have you, what have, what have you been you doing been... in vegas to stay busy out there during this what do you how are you killing the time right now i've been skateboarding man I've been skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding is something that I haven't done a whole lot growing up since my dad was my my coach. He never supported none of that. <laughs> so uh, right now is probably the only time in the last 15 years or so that I don't have nothing coming up or, you know, we don't really know what the schedule going to be like. So I'm like, okay, I might as well try right now because uh, I cannot train as much as I, as I was before, right? So we're training a little bit here and there, but... Yeah, trying to stay busy. So I've been skateboarding more. It's been fun. You used to skate, skate a lot, a lot back, back in, the in the day? When I was younger, uh, I used to like skateboard, but uh, I never did a whole lot. I always trained jiu-jitsu and had a, a bunch of... Jiu-jitsu stuff always came first, and then skateboarding, surfing was always like... Just once in a while, I would go hang out with my friends. I never got too serious about... But now I've been skateboarding more than ever. It's cool. I'm, I'm, uh, so, picking up fast. probably not as good as Marcelo Garcia was. Though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, so, how did you, you start training? training? I mean, your dad's, dad's a black belt. So, was he already a black belt when you were a little kid? How did you end up going to the gym? I so my dad used to my dad used to train since I was born about, and then. Uh, so I was always in the gym watching him training, doing uh, the warm-ups and all of that. I knew everyone at the gym. I was used to the environment. But uh, they didn't. They never had a kids program until I was 8 to 9 years old. So I was doing judo for about a year, tried karate before. I wanted to fight too much. And then karate was, you know, it wasn't for me. So I got out of that. So I was doing a year of judo. I got promoted. And then as as soon as the year was done, my dad got a call about uh, teaching a social project back in uh, in my hometown, so Vicente, and then uh, he, his coach didn't want to do it. So they asked him about why, why don't you do it? And then that's that's how everything started. It was pretty cool. It wasn't a social project when I was like eight to nine. My dad started teaching then. He used to have another job. And then a couple years later, he just went full on jujitsu. How, how, how did you how did like you... it when you first started? Was it uh, you, did you like it or was it something you really, oh, really like? I I I liked judo, but not a whole lot. 
I didn't like that I would go home every day with a super bad headache. <laughs> like when you're a kid, you don't have a whole a whole lot of strain on the neck, so you just get tossed and your head is just bouncing on the mats over, over. <laughs> you know, so uh, that wasn't too too fun, but I, I used like judo, but then on jiu-jitsu, I just feel like you have way more sparring time and way more like, I don't know, contact and, and fighting and since it was a social project and uh, I was super young, like super fast, it got filled with kids. Once they all figured out, like, oh, this is jiu-jitsu, okay, cool, we can't, can't squeeze each other's head, I like it. So it was uh, it was fun, man. Three months in, we were going to Sao Paulo with a bus, a bus filled with people. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun growing up doing jiu-jitsu and having all my friends around and going to compete all around. Sounds, Sounds like, like you've been living the jiu lifestyle, lifestyle for, for your entire life. That's pretty cool. I mean, before I started, I was already on tournaments and, you know, like going, go dad, talking, you know, talking, uh, 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 talking crap to the ref, <laughs> <laughs> asking for points that I didn't even know about. Did you, Did you have a moment where you realized that maybe this was like a unique upbringing that everybody wasn't didn't have a dad who was a jiu-jitsu black belt and that wasn't raised on the mats yes yes uh as soon as everyone started leaving the the so all those kids that i grew up training with like slowly they all started uh stopping right everyone goes stopping on the way a uh, bunch of different reasons why but one of the main reasons is that you know they don't have like a their parents don't really know about jiu-jitsu they don't really know how we would make you know how we would have a future on it you know it's like it's not a it's not a job it's not a, a university you know and all those things come first um so that that that's where i figured out that i guess like having having my dad there and knowing like seeing from clothes how everything goes and knowing that it is possible you know and again it's not like if, if you're coming with the idea of like oh i want to get rich doing this i don't feel like it's the best place to be at unless you have a great plan it's cool but uh if it's something that you really like again and that's that's at a point of my career when i was around 19 18 to 19 i was going through through some you know like just mental pressuring myself and you know uh, expecting more of myself as far as like results uh, until then um so when I got my brown belt, I kind of went through a, 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 not a breakdown, but I was feeling a little bit sad and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this for real. I might just, you know, try to look for a job, start studying, seeing what I want to do. And then I took a month break, worked, and then I was like, you know what? I cannot, not, I can't live without jujitsu. That's what I like doing. And uh, once I accepted that, that I was going to do no matter what, you know, being, being a world champion or not, like I knew I had time, so. I was just pressuring myself for no reason and then everything felt much easier and I started fighting options, you know, not, not really like blame myself, just like, okay, what can I do now? What can I do from now and on? Like, well, what can I change to get better and then end up here and all that? And things have been uh, constantly getting better slowly, but surely, yeah. Who, Who are, are some, some of your influences coming up in Jiu-Jitsu? Um... First, first guy that I used to watch uh, was in the small tournaments close to my hometown was uh, Charles Oliveira from the UFC. He was actually really good in jiu-jitsu, like a blue purple belt, heavy blue purple belt. But he, he used to do flying triangles, flying ambers. He would sit and uh, you know the Marcelo Garcia where he split the legs, push push the person, fall on their butt, like all the cool looking stuff, you know. And uh, he was the first guy I think that made me feel like wow, I want I want to. I want to do all these things, you know. Uh, he opened up that, that that window in my head, and uh, after I him, remember, I think it was Bushesha because he was right there. I remember, I remember one time you told me that, told me that, that uh, Charles had like a, a flame gi that you were like really jealous of. Say, well, let's talk about it. Okay, <laughs> he had he had a super cool gi at the time. To today, I still have to to remake it, <laughs> but he had a a gi. So my dad. Also, would always like every tournament he would be. If you win this one, I got you. Uh, I got you the flame key. So Charles would always compete with the this kid that had flames coming up the sleeve and coming up the pants. You know, it was just like a white gear with flames on the sleeve and on the on the bottom of the pants, which was different. I had never seen it, but because of his style, that all together was just super cool. You know, and for us as kids, we would just be like, "Wow, dude, this dude is so cool." <laughs>
Yeah. At, at what point did you uh, fall in love with competing? Where you where you realized that you were gonna compete all the time and, and try and be a world champion? Man, I think it was when I when I when I became like a juvenile almost. I was about to be a juvenile, fourteen to fifteen, I think, is when I it really clicked. Like okay, like now now I gotta choose like doing this for real or because before that like i said it was fun you know i was doing it with my friends we were competing in small tournaments i always liked competing but uh i never really knew if i was going to do this forever you know i, I wanted to I, I also wanted to be an mma fighter and you want to do so many things when you were young you don't really know you know um but yeah once i became a juvenile and then i came here to to compete at Panems, and then right after that i came to worlds so after you see all of that i don't feel like you can unsee it you know like once you know you can unknow it like once i knew this world and i, and I saw how cool it was the pyramid and the feeling and it, you know i came in the first time the bushesha won his his world title you know and then his first his first black belt uh open weight world title so he was it was pretty 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 cool you know like to feel that energy and all that i was a part of checkmate back then so uh yeah i was bought man I always liked the show. Even when I was growing up, it was it was cool competing on small local MMA tournaments. I would always be like the the opening of the tournament. It was me and another kid uh, uh, doing jujitsu or grappling. So I, I knew that I liked that feeling. You know, that's why I always was like, oh, I want to try MMA because I like the idea of of that that adrenaline of you know like two in the middle, everyone watching. Let's see who gets it. How far, How far did, did you go down, down there? MMA path and are you still interested in that when I was younger it was a stronger thing back then nowadays I've been rethinking about it I've been actually uh, slowly mildly training trying to learn but uh, when I was younger I was actually doing uh, I was doing Muay Thai when I was like around the same age 14 to 15 I was doing Muay Thai and all that I was supposed to fight an amateur fight then two days before they canceled it so I just kind of got bummed about it because I was training for a while and then I kind of pushed away but before that my my uh I had an uncle who was really good in Muay Thai he was like a 10 times Brazilian national champion in Muay Thai or something and uh back back then he was a big deal in my city too and uh my dad was already a black belt in jiu-jitsu so growing up that was the the talk like okay until 14 he does jiu-jitsu and he's 14 15 he started training Muay Thai with you and then by 18 we put him to fight MMA. I used to watch all the Pride UFC since since I was a little kid too. Again, my my, my dad was a fighter, um, so that that's that's. So, anyways, that that didn't go too well. My my uh, my uncle passed away young uh, in a car accident. So, th- things kind of changed after that happened. You know, uh, jujitsu got bigger and bigger in my life. So. I started uh, not thinking as much. I started focusing more on, on I want to be a world champion. I want to win this. I want to win that. But uh, nowadays, training here in Vegas, knowing so much guys who fight MMA, and uh, just being around so, so a bunch of MMA fighters in the MMA world, uh, I definitely want. I, I, I want one day to, you know, to be doing. Uh, if I if I go ahead with it, like I want to do something big on it. But you never know, man. I've been I've been starting to train now. I want to do like at least two two years of training, and that's as much as I'm gonna. Here's the first time actually explaining. And then I'm not gonna even post or say anything. Let's see in two years. Then maybe in two years I'll show up. People are gonna be like, oh, here it is, grappling dude. And then hopefully I know how to move my head. You know, hit them a little bit, distract them, and then. Yeah, but it would be fun. I feel like I feel like I would like to try my jujitsu, see how my my skills and and how my style would match. You know, if it would match to MMA. Is that, Is that where you, you, you get, get your head movement, movement from? Because I, I feel like, like even, even on, on the jitsu mat, you know, you got the movement down. The head movement it came just because I knew I was going to get slapped a lot by uh, Wagner, so <laughs> I was training to move my head before it. I was literally drilling. <laughs> Before our second match, I was drilling a lot. But no, the, the head movement was more like... So, you guys said, uh, who, who inspired me? Uh, I watched a lot of TDD matches at a certain point of, of when I started getting more and more into it. I would watch a lot of TDD matches, uh, Jacare, and all those guys, they just had like a different style, you know? And I feel like like slowly my style came, came 
came together. But the, the head movement wasn't really uh, something like planned. It's just like I don't, I don't, I don't like. I didn't. I wasn't really used to the chain wrestling kind of style when I first moved here. So I like to do. I liked to to do everything for the outside, single legs, double legs. You know, like shots from far. Those things I could get good, but then staying on the chain, I always felt like people knew more than me, so I didn't want to be there. So I would always just move a lot on my feet. So that's kind of where the head movement came. Yeah. So how did you end up going to uh, train at, at Checkmat? You came, you were Zenith when I first heard about you, and then obviously they're they're closely connected to Checkmat. How did you end up training there uh, with Checkmat with, with Leo and everybody? Before before I was Zenith, we were Checkmat. Oh, and, oh, okay. Then, because uh, I was back then, uh, on, uh, my my dad was affiliated with Rodrigo Cavaca, so I always, from fourteen to nineteen, before I moved here, I would go to my dad primarily, like eighty percent of the time, because uh, yeah, I always I always taught at the school in itself on my dad's school, but I also always went to uh, to Cavaca, you know, and then once they they split and uh, Cavaca started Zenith, we followed Cavaca because that was that was our coach, you know, that was the person we close by, and uh, after I moved here. I was I was already looking for something different. I didn't really want to be a part of the, the the same thing anymore. Not that I wanted to leave the team, but I wanted to to go to a different kind of I don't know come to a place to do a camp or something cool between pants to worlds. I wanted to be a part of like a camp because I remember how was the camp before, right? When I was younger, we would always go and get all together and do the checkman camp. So I I saw all the brown black belt guys training together and never got to have that you know I was really close to get that and then we left the team so it was just building the new team and a lot of things that they were taking care about and uh, I don't know I, I, I wanted to I wanted to I don't know to 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 be more on a competition side team not that they weren't but anyways after I moved here stayed here in Vegas for a while and then yeah, I think things were not working as as well as I wished for. I got married, you know, I had a bunch of things going on at the same time. So I had to make some decisions. I was going to go down to California to move there. Um, so while we were planning to go down to, to California, I mean, first I left Zenith. And then one month I was, a whole month I was no team trying to figure out what I was going to do. They don't want to be doing anything behind nobody's back, you know. Um, so I started figuring out, okay, what are we going to do now? And then in that... In that one month, we ended up going to uh, reconnecting with some friends, training in Vegas. I saw Roberto. Roberto was already training with me. Uh, when I was a driver, he would come and train. So I stayed in touch with Roberto, trained a lot of Roberto, and then trained a lot of Mikey. We also were training every once in a while. So we all ended up getting together and training a lot together. And then um, Venom mentioned about opening a gym not in California. Now they wanted to open a gym here in Vegas. So. Here I am. I end up staying here, but that's how I joined Checkmate. I was going to go down to California, and I wanted to go train over there, which I still do, but now I have to do on camps. So, Hanato, we wanted to uh, show a couple of your matches today. The first one, uh, you got your Kasai hat on. The first one we want to pull up is one of your Kasai matches. This is uh, when you beat Gary Tonin at uh, Kasai. If, they, if production, whoever, Kyle, can you see that up? This was the birth, birth of Hanato Kenuto. He does that double leg. That was I, I knew he does a deep double, but then sometimes he won't finish it. We will slide under to get to the legs. So that's how I was waiting. I was moving a lot because I was like, okay, I'll wait for his shot. I know he's going to try to set up the the, the inside singaku or whatever they call Um I knew he was going to try to slide under to try to catch uh, anything on my leg. So I was like, okay, if I time it right, I can pull him up. Because I was drilling that at the gym. So I can pull him up and fall to the mount. And then he didn't really set back. So that's when I went to a game. Was this a match you were expecting to have when you were going into this tournament? I watch it every single person, man. Since, since I wasn't, I was the least, ex the least expected, at least for me, like at least on that side of the bracket. I feel like I was the least expected to win. You know, not not much people knew me, so I was like, okay, cool, that's an opportunity for me. Like, they, they put some money on the line, I need money, uh, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. So I started watching everyone, like a month and a half, two months before. So, when you watch someone like Gary, like, he's unpredictable, he can do a bunch of 
crazy different stuff, you know. But then once you start watching enough and you start seeing a lot again and again, like I figured it out where where is the main points, you know, what what are his main takedown attempts or where where he will attack your leg, like when people defend, what does he do? So once I knew all those things, not nothing was anymore like that wasn't like scary, you know, like oh that's that's scary, this dude know how to do leg locks. It wasn't really a big deal anymore. I was just like, okay, get there and show up, show up to the moment, you know. Because some days you get there and you just, you know, some sometimes I would get there and yeah, I, it's like I wasn't there. But on this one, I was feeling really good. I, I liked, like I said, I liked the idea of the show. I had fought a couple little shows here already. Um, I loved the, 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 the whole setup. So I was excited, man. I was excited, you know. Um, I was the underdog. I always felt like I... I do better when I'm on the underdog. The whole show was pretty much set up at the, at the time. Like Gary was the face of the show. The show was in New York, so of course I wanted to beat that guy. You know, so uh, I had had it. Once once I saw the bracket and I saw who you had to fight, I was like, okay, that's the one match I can can't mess it up. I gotta get this one right. Looks like, looks like are you guys uh, talking to each other a little bit, or just a little gamesmanship there? Um, I guess I guess I was because I was snapping his head too much. Uh, got to the point that he was just kind of smiling and stuff. Or he put his head. I tried to attack a guillotine and then I missed. So he put his head. He stick his head out. I can't attack again. So I just kept snapping his head instead of attacking the guillotine. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. The things. So at the time, like I wasn't trying to be any kind of. I was just feeling the the moment. I, I was feeling feeling like getting. I don't know, man. I was get, getting into my mood. I was moving on my feet. I wasn't letting him fight me. Like right now, I tried to arm drag, I re-drag. Um, so everything was like, you know, feeling good slowly, just feeling him out, feeling him out, feeling him out. But uh, yeah, the more the match passed by, I saw that he was getting irritated. So I was like, okay, uh, I, you can tell, like his attitude is very like, like, yeah. So as as he got more and more irritated. Uh, I feel like the more I was feeding from that and just moving with it, I guess. Precarious position right here. Yeah, yeah almost to the back. back. Uh, this thing I also do to block the ankles, so do not let them go <laughs> to the back. So I was like, I'm not gonna spend energy here. And I saw that he grabbed it. I was like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta be calm here because uh, once he let go, I'm gonna go to his back, or I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my sweep. Say, so, I feel like it's like. Coming up right here, I'm not sure if you saw Gary Gary's podcast where he, he mentioned uh, a couple of things from, from this match right here. I think I think coming up what what he was talking about up here in a minute. I'm not sure if you you, you saw any of that Hanato. I didn't watch, but I saw him crying about in the comments the other day about uh, me not stopping on the match. He didn't stop too. That was the deal. The ref said stop. I heard stop. I stopped, and then he tried to go to deep half. Once he put the hand on deep half, I pinned his hand on the ground. Stepped away, so he couldn't move his arm. His hand was pinned, and then he got mad and started, you know, calling me all kind of names. Uh, and then I called him names back, but uh, like right now, look, the ref said yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. and then he's trying to dive the hand under. Does that make sense? So one thing is okay. He's good at leg locks, cool. If he's a normal half guard, that's all right. If he's on deep half, he's pretty much already hugging my two legs, controlling two legs. So once the ref said stop. He, he was already like, you know, like he right away like was trying to slide under. So I was like, nah, no way. I just, boom, pinned his hand on the ground, stepped away. I didn't say anything. He started yelling and saying stuff. So I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, like I said, I was talking to Wagner actually when he came here to Vegas. We were hanging out and we were talking. And he was talking about, you know, about people who put emotions through in, in the middle. Like, once your emotions are involved, like, Everything start, you know, not going. He can go in different directions, man. So, uh, yeah, the more angry he got, the more, the more he couldn't, the more frustrated he got. And like I said, I watched it. Uh, I watched it, everything. So I knew he couldn't cross that leg over. I'm controlling his toes the whole time. The whole time. I know if he bring the that leg over, he can catch it. And then he did that. Okay, that one's pretty cool. Uh, Masher also did to me that one. I learned on. Uh, on the side, they use the bot, the outside leg. When I block the toes, they cannot throw over and go uh, to uh, to the ripping, right? So they go from underneath and they hook the shin. 
to lock it in. It's pretty cool. Uh, he tried to do, didn't get it. Uh, and then Mesh also tried to do on the same thing. Does this does feel, it feel so long so ago, or does it feel pretty recent? And it feels long, man. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't really. Uh, yeah, it does feel long. I feel like I, I like these guy right there fighting. I, I had you know like, I had no idea how big how big was what I was doing. I guess for me it was just like I'm a I'm a jujitsu guy. I'm from the gi. I don't know a whole lot of these guys. These guys are getting hyped up in in internet, and that's all I know. I was like, these are the playboys, and that that's that's who I like to be. You know, that's that's where it's pretty much like they they got the fame, they got they got the status. I beat them, and, and cool. Now it's now it's me. You know, it's my turn. So that's kind of how I was feeling. Yeah, they didn't shake my hand. Uh, yeah, yeah. the way. <laughs> Did you feel, Did you like, feel that like that after this tournament? This this is where people started taking uh, maybe a little closer notice about what you were doing and things. Yeah, I had I had won the brown belt words and logo words, but uh, blue and purple belt. I mean, I blue belt. I was a juvenile, but then uh, media wasn't really a big deal on top of juveniles like it is today, right? Uh, I went to the finals twice. I lost by decision the second year in the finals. And then two years at purple belt, I didn't do as great on the on the words. I lost in my. I beat Rolando in a pants, in the first pants, and I took second in the pants. I was 17 years old with a purple belt. And then uh, I lost to Rolando in the second match at Worlds. Um, and we had like a big rivalry and a lot of my style too and passing style and, and feet workout. Footwork also came from that because I, I had to watch Rolando because I knew we would fight again. So he had some stuff that I also took it from. Um, and then second year, I was in the fifth match, and I also didn't win. So it's like, you know, if you if you didn't do if you didn't win a world title and blue or purple belt, you're not being pointed out as one of the favorites to do anything. So I feel like at brown belt when I finally showed up, I was like, cool, I, I got it. And then once I won the Nogi Wars, I was like, okay, what what do I do to get that tension? And then came the shows. I was like, okay, cool, I win I win the shows. Then that's how I win the shows. Like I just because that's the thing. Like nowadays. Uh, and you always was kind of like that, but now even more than before. Before it was like if you are a world champion, that's that certifies that you're good, and then from there you you figure out sponsorship and all of that. With social media and all those things nowadays, like people are looking at the Instagram, how much followers you got, how much people you know uh, uh, are you attracting, like how how what what's your value as far as like exposing my brand, right? So I was like, okay, how can I build my brand? Like, what well, what am I gonna do? Like, how can I show up? You know? So. Uh, the show's helping me a lot, and they were paying me, so that that helps even more. So. It's fun, man. It's fun. So, you beat Gary there. Uh, you had a close one that got awarded the match of the year from Flo uh, at ADCC that you ended up losing. Uh, is that third match, uh, the tiebreaker there, is that a match that you want when things kick back up? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> That's no, no brainer. Um, I've, I I mean, I, I don't have a, that's the thing, like, I, I do jiu-jitsu, right, since I'm super young, and I fought some guys, like, I fought Dante six times, probably, you know, and I, I fought, like, so many guys so many times, nowadays I don't get caught up to that, like I said, Rolando and me was big rivals at Purple Bell, you know, it, it's just childish, that, that whole idea, you know, nowadays we're cool, we're, we're buddies, but we wanted to kill each other before, you know, um, <laughs> So it's like for me, it's whatever you know. I don't, I don't take it personal. Like I feel like he fought better. He fought better in the second match. He deserved, he deserved the the the, the decision. Um, I don't know. I feel like my game plan would have worked better with with the top guys on the on the on the bracket, and that's what I was way, aiming for. And like I said, like before, I didn't use to chain wrestle, so my whole camp was on top of getting used to chain wrestle. I'm gonna have to do 20 minute matches. I was in my head. 10 to 20. I was like, if I don't tap someone, it's a 20 minute. I was like, okay. I started playing base diet. My energy increased a lot right off the beginning, but uh, I could last longer. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get everyone tired. I'm just gonna keep moving and staying on them. So I did a couple of privates with uh, a wrestling coach here, and he was helping me with that, with with the 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 collar ties and staying heavy on the shoulders and sinking sinking the person in, you know, getting them tired. So that was my whole camp training that. I was getting good at that. I was getting pretty good at that. And then my my last 
the last 10 days of the camp, I just felt like my body was breaking and a bunch of things started started coming. So I was like, my head was good. So I was like, whatever, whatever, pushing everything to the side. But the day off, I actually didn't feel great, which is not an excuse, you know? Like I said, he beat me on that one. I don't know how it would be on the third one. He definitely showed better wrestling skills. But like I said, in the first one, I didn't go chain wrestle with him at all. Uh, in the in the first one in the second one I, I did so i was trying to reach and that's that's the one thing that I, I i remember that the first time i watched him i was like okay you cannot touch him he keep his hands really close to his to his body like he's grabbing his own boobs kind of thing and then he waits for you to reach so he can go arm drag duck under and all those things so my strategy to fight gary at the ncc wasn't it couldn't have been the same as to fight Lucas Lepi or JT or those guys who also stay heavy on their head. You know, I was I was I was getting ready for that. Truly, I had fought Gary, so it's like it's not it's not like I was underestimating him, but it was like he got out of the bracket at a certain at a certain point. He was like, I'm out of the tournament, and then a week before, he's like, Well, I'm back. So I was like, you know, Gary was just another name in that 16 man list. That was like everyone was good. You know, so. I, Maybe you should have should have paid more attention on him and you know uh, reviewed some stuff. Like I said, it feels like a long time ago when we fought in 2017. You know, I was 21. I'm close to 24. You know, so it's things think think a lot a lot has changed back then too. So let's see to the next one. Uh, I feel like you're gonna be a good match, no matter what. Like the first two was, you know. Um, but I feel like in the third one is is important, so I won't I won't let that slip by, you know. I won't let let that let him just get away with it. So it will be fun. It will be fun. So I pulled up another ma- uh, moment from Kasai for you, uh, Kyle. If you can pull up the the second asset, this was a uh, incredible incredible guard pass here. Everybody loves to see this. So let's talk about this a little bit. I had I have trained with him before so i knew he would be expecting most of my stuff so i was like okay yeah he has real good single acts man uh mancher and because we trained i knew he had a real good single acts and he already knew how i was trying to pass his guard back when we trained so my best option was there from the outside really you know i was like i don't want to let him entangle those guys, guys came, came through, through uh, vegas, vegas at one, at one point, point in time both dealing, dealing in munch, munch. Mm-hmm. you guys got trained together can we was show that can we show that? Uh, just loop this clip. This is a great, a great pass. Yeah, I think Hanato, Are we not hearing Hanato? muted right now. Sorry. No, no. There you go. Start again you. for you, Hanato. Can we hear Can you? you? Mm-hmm. Looks, like Looks like I might have lost Nato's audio, audio for a second. second. As we, As we continue, continue to watch him mount okay. 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 okay, can you guys hear now? Okay, okay. There, you there you go. go. Okay, I think I moved the, the phone a little bit. Okay. Um, okay, so funny fact. The reason why I don't put my hands when I jumped over this one is uh, they just posted like a little bit ago. They found a match between me and Dante when I was a brown belt. And one of our matches, I tried to carry him so many times, but he wasn't so many times actually. But the, I, I was trying to pass him on the outside, and I tried to carry him one of them. I put the hand in the middle, and as he tried to recover guard, I literally fell inside an armbar. And he was strong. He was always strong. He pulled me into the arm, and then I, I got that, and I was so mad. So I was like, okay, I, I, I didn't want to do carryos for a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. So in training, I started trying to do without the hands. And then now it's really like unless people come up with a flying back row back take, I don't I don't see you being able to stop or catch me or anything from there. Yeah, so I try to reach behind the two shoulders. Once I can get behind their two shoulders and under the armpits, kind of like a, a underhook. Now I know I have a good control. I can put my chest on the shoulders, stay tight, and they they cannot really invert, you know. So it's it's cool. It actually works better, you know. Some things happen and and he actually uh, is for your good as long as you fix. At what, At what point, point did you start doing that? Uh, I was young, man. I was probably 15, 16. Yeah, I watched some Leo Vieira videos <laughs> and started. 
and it started I used I mean, to do I mean, a, a, a little front row. It was like a, just when you ball up and roll to the mount. I used to do that when I was a kid. So I kind of had an idea of like <laughs> trying to go over it. Uh, but yeah, the car wheel came, came around uh, a little after. Yeah. Are you can kill the asset now, Kyle. Uh, Anato, so how did you start developing your sort of high-flying style that you're uh, sort of – I guess you could say, I don't know, flashy, I don't know, sort of, uh, it's just a very exciting style. How did you develop that as you came up through, through the ranks? Man, um, it was definitely not my dad who told me to do so, you know. He's the jiu-jitsu coach. He was a black belt jiu-jitsu coach. He wouldn't be like, you just go there and jump. Uh, I, so I, I had a very good structure, like, like structure in, in jiu-jitsu. Like, I learned all the old school pressure passing, and I had a very good close guard, you know, and, I started very, you know, basic, but I always, like I said, I watch Charles doing some stuff. I, I watch Terere doing some stuff. I watch a couple guys, you know, trying to do a couple of things that, that I thought was cool. I remember watching Mendes, Mendes brothers trying to teach the, 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 the fine triangles, you know, and that's where I would base up. So we had also a guy in my gym that, that was good at flying armors and stuff. He was actually the first one in our gym to do it. He was older than me, uh, way older at the time. So he also helped me to figure out, but it was truly by by being inspired by others, you know. So I feel like nowadays, and it's also the reason why I probably didn't succeed as much in the lower ranks, you know, as much as I wished for, because again, it's much easier for me to put on a lasso, score an advantage, go back to that lasso and, and stop and win my match, win a gold medal, go home happy, and say I won the worlds. Then. Then it is to go there and try to do all this crazy stuff and expect to beat everyone, you know, giving that much space. So doing so, I, I, I messed up a bunch of times. A lot of times I lost, like, at Purple Belt Words, I was winning with four seconds left. I, I The guy had me in a loss, so I was winning by two in a couple of minutes. I tried to pass his guard, and then he recovered straight shooting to a triangle. I tried to pull my head out, got caught in an arm bar. So it's like, things like that would happen all the time. I said I got caught with Dante. So, Fixing, you know, le learning how to, to to fix the holes, but not trying to be like, okay, now no, I'm done. I'm losing. I'm going to just stall. I'm going to win. I never I never accepted that, you know. People in other words try to tell me that a bunch of times. Like, hey, look, you got to slow down a little bit. you got to be a little bit more controlling. you got to, you know, a win is a win. I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't feel like that. I started too young. Like, like I liked watching these guys. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like Bushesha. I want to be going 100% the whole time. Crazy. I don't want to be holding back. You know, I was like, I don't feel like I'm not going to be as happy, you know? So he matches like, like, where, where, like, like that, like on Kasai, on this first Kasai, or the, the second belt in Kasai, the Kishinho match. Like, you can tell, like, I'm feeling good, you know? And every time I feel good and I, I'm not stressing out about, I'm not thinking too much about what the guy's gonna do. How good is him at this and that? You know, like I, I don't lock myself up. I actually, just, just, I can see things in slow motion. I'd say, you know, once I'm connected with the match, things happen a little slower. So being able to move and be able to to speed up helps on that on that sense. My timing is really good because I can see things. I'm really getting the reaction. So all of that came along with. A lot of training, a lot of studying. I studied a lot. I would go from, before my dad would go to sleep, I would stay in the, the computer watching matches until they wake up next morning, you know? So I, I learned a lot by studying people, uh, seeing, watching people fighting, you know? Um, so yeah, I copied a lot. I, I put some stuff together, joined one with the other, and that, that's, that's kind of how it came along. You know? You're we hear a lot. About uh, Bushesha, obviously he's a great of our sport. But I'm wondering, what's it like to to train with Bushesha? I hear a lot about, you know, he trains with everybody. He trains with lightweights, featherweights. Doesn't really matter. He's such a a, a big guy. What maybe you can tell tell us and, and, and the viewers, what's it like to train with the, the, a guy like Bushesha? Man, training with Bushesha is probably it's like an overwhelming experience in the sense of like he is not trying to squeeze your head. You know, he is not trying to use his 240-something pounds that he probably has right now to, to squeeze you, man. You know, he, he is literally just moving around. 
So it's not like it's impossible to catch him or something. Sometimes people will do stuff to him at the gym and you're right there watching. And then what 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 the cool thing about Bushesh is that like I feel like the way he trains is very similar to the way I train in the sense of like I will get caught on stuff all the time. I'll get that. I'll get scored on. You know, it's whatever. I'm not that one guy in the gym trying to beat everyone every single round by every single advantage you can find, you know? Like, he's trying to work on something. So if he calls me, I'm a lightweight. He knows I'm fast. Maybe he's trying to exchange takedowns with me if he knows I'm good in takedowns. Or he's going to be trying to, you know, like, okay, he's lighter. He's going to have a good, flexible guard, fast. So he's going to try to pass your guard. But like I said, he doesn't use the weight advantage. He's very technical, man. He's very technical. He keeps... He keeps it very simple. He's definitely big. So once he got to a certain, certain like high up, like where he, he folds your leg and he hugs your head, like everything is gone. You're like, okay, I cannot move right now. But uh, it's, it's without trying, you know, he's just exchanging techniques. It's fun, man. You, I, I got to learn a lot from Bushisha, thankfully. And, uh, and by watching him training, I always learn a lot too. You know, I feel like him not having ego with the way he trains is, is, is what makes him so great at, at jiu-jitsu and in competition, how he goes and wins every single year, again and again and again and again, no matter who comes up, no matter what changes. Bushesh is still number one for the last seven years in, in, in the gi, you know? And again, he's not really bad in no gi too. So it's like, it's, it's something he's doing is right, you know? He's not really that one guy that is beating on everyone in the gym and using all the strength all the time that, that is doing the things he's doing, you know? So I feel like I tried to learn from that too. What about Leo? What's uh, Leo like as a coach? You said that you, you picked up some moves watching him when you were younger. What have you uh, picked up working under Leo now as a black belt? Dude, Leo is a very good in- instructor. So I had very good instructors. My dad taught me a great base of jiu-jitsu. He taught me all, all everything I, I would I will use for the rest of my life, right? Like all the structure of my jiu-jitsu. Kavaka taught me a lot as far as like how to teach, how he explains stuff. Look at the smallest details. He pays attention to the smallest of the details. He's super good. We explain about why he puts the pinky on this, you know, he started the grip of the pinky. It's like Mikey, you know, when you talk to them, like these people here, super studying the, the smallest piece of it. Uh, Leo is, on the other side, he keeps everything super simple, his concepts. And before I wasn't really like a fan of concept, you know, like, it's like watching those videos where people talk really pretty and try to tell you like, oh look, that's how this position is done. And they're just trying to sell you something and I get it. But with Leo is the other way around, man, it's very, clear once he teaches and everyone can catch it it's something that the the blue belt can understand the black belt can understand and then once once you stop him and you ask about the one detail he showed he has 100 options and and again his game is like arm drags right arm drags leg drags and people know that but you don't know that he he passes with arm drag like who passes with an arm drag he takes back the arm drag he takes down the arm drag he plays guard doing an arm drag you know what I'm saying? Oh, the leg drag, same thing. He passed doing a leg drag. So everything that he does, he figures it out how to do everywhere. So once he shows you one detail or one concept and he explains to you, now it literally changed my whole the whole my whole view of the game. You know? How before I would switch so much sides, now I can just stick to that concept that, that he showed. So it's cool, man. It's always like I said, man, uh um Leo Leo is it's just like different and I feel like his spirit, everything, everything clicks right. It's, it's the place I wanted to be, I, I needed to be at. I feel like the vibe clicks, you know, the people in Checkman, that my vibe clicks there. It's a family, but it's not like the type of family like, oh, come here with family. It's not forced, it's natural. You see each other, hey, what's up, man? How are you? Cool, they, they hang out together, but it's at the same time, it's like once it's time to train, everyone's killing each other and right after that everything's cool there is no ego you know and because of that because i feel like his leadership and the way that he presents himself he doesn't allow that he doesn't allow to have someone with too much of a big ego in the gym he's not provoking that you know what i'm saying so it's 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 super fun man it's super cool 
So we have this routine on the show where the guest from yesterday asked a question for the guests for today. Yesterday we had uh, Marcelo Garcia on, and his question for you was, he said he was a, a fan of your style, about how exciting you are and everything. But he says he wants to know how how, how you balance it, he said, between trying to to fight to win and then also trying to be exciting at the same time. How how you try and work out that balance? That's, that's it, Marcelo Garcia level question. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm I not going to lie. I suffer with that to today. I still have a hard time with that. Um, it's not like I, it's not like I like one, one side better than the other. I like them both equally. They both are super fun, especially going like so. That's the hard part also. It's going to Nogi for around six to seven months and then coming back to the Gi for six to five months now. And before my whole life was about only Gi, you know? So that also changed a lot of things for me, like for as far as getting ready for a specific competition. Um, hard to balance in the sense of like, be, Nowadays, I have more control of my mind. Before, I, I wouldn't be bothered. If the match stops and I cannot get out of a position, I'm or even if I'm winning, I'm like constantly like, come on, man, don't be boring. Don't be stalling. You cannot be the guy stalling. You don't like when people stall. You know, like I'm talking to myself doing that. So now here I am trying to do whatever crazy stuff and, and I'm actually putting myself in danger when I don't need to, you know. So I'm trying to find that balance. That's why also having my dad as a, 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 a jiu-jitsu coach and uh, a, 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 he's in the highest level of the referees, you know, he's a referee for the worlds, for bands, for all the big comps. So he has been doing this for longer than I've been training. So training under him and knowing the rules very well and knowing how to use the rules helps me a whole lot because once I know how to start winning and once I know how I can score no matter what, now I know what I need to do in case things go wrong. So I can keep moving, I can keep fighting, and in the back of in my back pocket, I know how I can score. I know what I need to do to score. I know I cannot accept the score. So it's like it's easy it's easy to catch me or something. It's hard to keep me there. It's hard to you know what I'm saying to stabilize it, to to control me. I'm gonna keep fighting. You wanna fight? Let's fight. We're gonna keep fighting. That 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 match with Gary, for example, like I didn't feel great. I felt super tired. My legs felt felt heavy from the first, from after the first two minutes, and I was like, okay. But my my, my mind was strong, which helped a lot. But at the whole time, I was just like, get back up, don't 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 be, you know, like don't be, don't be, don't don't accept it. Just get back up, get back up. And I was getting caught over and over because I was trying to do something, but I had no energy to to be able to shoot, to go through and take him down. That's why I wasn't taking as as many shots. You know, so it was weird. It was very weird how I felt compared to how I feel every time I compete. In my first match with Taz, I could tell that something was off. And it could have been the wake up, could have been the diet, my body getting used to the plant-based diet, had a bunch of things going on at the same time. But uh, just an example, like, like that's why the match went to decision, you know. Um, like, I didn't accept anything the whole time I kept kept fighting back. And that's, the, so I have those things that I can do. I know I can fight back as much as as much as much as as long as the, the the scramble is going, nobody gets the full score. I'm gonna keep scrambling. I gotta finish on top. I gotta finish better. You know, I won't accept um, scoring first. Scoring less is the hard part. Cause again, the very end of the match, if I didn't tap the person, now what do what do people do usually when they are winning? They will stop, right? They they stall the very end. Okay, but I don't agree with stopping. You know, I'm here to change the scenario of Jiu-Jitsu. I want people to watch Jiu-Jitsu. I want people to like to watch Jiu-Jitsu. So if I stall just because, oh, it's reasonable, I was winning. Now it's, you know, what I'm saying is like, I'm going against my own, I don't know, the things I believe in. So it is still hard in that sense. And that's why the end of my matches are always crazy. How the first match with Dante was crazy. How the second match with Wagner in the end was crazy. And it will happen. But like I said, I won't stop. So it's not like, I'm not worried. You can try to do something. I'm gonna keep fighting. It's really hard to keep me there. So I know I know I have control. For, but for people watching, it's like, oh my god, that was so close, you know. And in my head, it's just like, nah, it wasn't really that close. I, he didn't have a, the hooks on. He didn't have this. He didn't have that. Like, 
even even if they almost did something. So it's, it's, it's weird on that sense. Like I just feel really confident on that. Like I, I know I can fight. No matter what, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight out of there. I'm gonna fight uh, as long as I can. So that that, that helps. But uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to make all of that lined up so I can I can not only perform but I can succeed on the biggest of the stages. You know what I'm saying? Like to win awards finals, like fighting fighting lapping the finals of the words or even this last year fighting the semis, which was a whole different scenario, but fighting lapping I realized I was like, damn, this dude was waiting, waiting for me to to try everything. He was like, whatever, this kid has too much energy, I'm gonna wait. I don't know how to wait. So it was six minutes, only me fighting, bah, shaking him, kicking his leg, throwing him, trying to shake him around. He was just like, wait, 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 wait. I made one mistake and that was it. He, was, he scored and then he knew he was ahead. So I was expecting a whole other idea, you know? So it was learning how to fight in black belts too. Like some people have strategy where they're gonna hold you to the end and a half guard and they're gonna sweep you in the last minute, you know? So. You gotta know who you're fighting. You gotta feel 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 the the match, you know. And I feel like I'm getting better at that. But yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to to pick, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be too cool if I only do crazy stuff and I put on good performance, but I don't win. And if I only win, but I don't do anything with it, it's like not not like people are gonna remember about me in a couple of years. And I'm here to be remembered and and to see these kids doing double backflips in the future, you know. <laughs> Jonathan, before we let you go, I want to ask you one more question about the. Um, we made a documentary about you. It's called the the New Guard, Hanato Canuto. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out uh, on on Flow Grappling. But I just want—I don't think we've ever really talked to you about that process or or about y- your reaction. Just curious, uh, what was that process making that movie like for you, doing the interviews and things like that? And um, and what did you think of the the final product? It was nice, man. I loved it. I mean, I loved it. I knew it was going to come out good because I had talked to you before and I told you about some documentaries that I had watched before and you said how, how you had worked on them and I was like, oh my God. Were you a little uh, anxious? Because we were talking, but I hadn't let you see the movie until basically it had, had come out. So I don't know, were you a little nervous that it was not going to be up to snuff? Or? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, man... Just because of the way, I didn't know what to expect by the by the time you know that came. And it wasn't that long, cause cause my action came came on pretty fast. But I was like, damn, uh, 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 what, what was it that I answered? Did I did I said anything right? Like did I, you know, like well, what are the parts that they're gonna pick? You know, well, I talked a lot on that thing, and I remember that. So I was like, okay, what are the parts they're gonna pick? But then in the end, when when I saw everything laid out, I was. It was great. I love it. And uh, I, I get so many compliments from a lot of people who watch. They will message me and talk about it, you know. So it's cool, you know. A lot of kids will message me too and be like, hey, man, I'm inspired. It's cool. So, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. It's fun. As long as long as you guys, as long as you guys help me to, to share, to share my story and whatever I've been doing, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah that, was that, a, that was an awesome one. That was a fun one. That's why I learned, we didn't even really talk about this, that, that you were an aspiring rapper or aspiring, what is it? What's the term? Or, it's an it's a MC, right? Like, MC. Same, same dude, MC, yeah. <laughs> Basically a funk. It's funk. It's our, our That's right. Right. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Hey, so, so we don't have much time left, uh, Hanato. Before we go, I got to get a uh, question from you for Fion Davies, just like how Marcelo had a question for you today. I gotta get a question for her. Okay, wait. Um, dang. Be about anything. Be about anything. Leo, Leo, Leo asked Marcelo what he would be doing if he wasn't doing jujitsu. It doesn't have to be about uh, competition jujitsu or anything. Skateboard related. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, Let's see, it's just random because I, I don't know her personally, you know what I'm saying? So I like okay, yeah. Um I know I know I know that she she's been showing up to the scene and I know that Raquel knows her and she talks about how they would always be on like blue, purple, brown belt tournaments, like coming up, they would always get like second, third. So they're always 
getting really close and doing good, but not not quite winning. So, what was the turning point on her career? Like when she feel like when she felt like things changed? What changed on her head, and then what changed the results? Like if she if something happened or it was just time. All right. All right. Yeah. Great question. Good. Great one. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm before curious. before we go, you want to give a little message to uh, your fans at home and everybody watching. Yeah, amen, uh, everyone, whoever may be listening. Um, I know right now it may things may seem a little too crazy and a little scary for some people, you know. But know that uh, just like jujitsu and just like how I learned jujitsu and so many things I can relate to life. Like everything is only a phase. Obstacles gonna come and they're they're there for a good reason, you know. As long as you learn from it, as long as you you're willing to take the better out of it even if you can't see right now things can get better so don't just just don't sit back and stay on the couch because it's too easy to do that to sit back and just wait for things to get back to normal and then things might not come back to normal so make sure you guys are motivated motivating yourselves and and planning to like okay how am i gonna come back from it and you know just stay positive man stay positive focus on the goods and not on the bads that's it. Awesome. awesome. Th- thank you so much for calling in today, Hanato. Thank you, Reed, for coming in, filling in for Chase. And uh, like we said, tomorrow we have Fion. Uh, next week's schedule, off the top of my head, I can't even quite remember it. But tonight, uh, tune in. John Danaher is coming on the King Ryan show tonight in like an hour and a half. Thank you very much, Hanato. I'll see you later. Thanks, Hanato. All right, Hanato, thanks for calling, man.